Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. This week, HR Workbreak has another installment of HR Daily Advisor's latest multimedia mini-series, What We Learned. In these segments, we'll take a look at a recent event and break it down into what it means for HR professionals. Yesterday marked the start of Pride Month. In today's episode, we'll explore the history of LGBTQIA rights in the workplace, review key laws, and reflect on best practices for creating an inclusive workspace. LGBTQ rights have headlined news throughout the past year, but LGBTQ history is as old as time itself. When looking through the lens of U.S. history, it's easy to start in the middle of the 20th century. In the 1940s and 50s, in the midst of the U.S.'s Cold War against the USSR, was a period with a similar name to the Red Scare, the Lavender Scare. Due to national security concerns, especially due to fears of communism, it was common for federal organizations to, quote, root out LGBTQ employees. In fact, President Eisenhower's 1953 Executive Order Number 10450 disqualified anyone who had, quote, sexual perversion from federal employment. Things began to change when the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed. Title VII prohibited discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. At the same time, however, there was little public or federal support for LGBTQ workers. The late 60s brought about a change of public opinion as activism led the government to begin prohibiting LGBTQ discrimination. The EEOC explains that this was sparked by the 1969 Stonewall Rebellion, a six-day protest following a raid at the Stonewall Inn, one of the most popular gay bars in New York City. Thousands of protesters gathered at the Stonewall Inn, and intense fighting occurred throughout the following week between protesters and police. The first Pride March was held the following year on June 28, 1970, the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. To this day, June remains the official month for Pride in remembrance of the Stonewall Riots. The United States began to see more legal action to secure the rights of LGBTQ people between the 70s and 90s. In 1978, the Civil Service Reform Act banned discrimination based on conduct that did not affect job performance, such as sexual orientation, which was codified in 1980. The Supreme Court oversaw two landmark cases, Prince Waterhouse v. Hopkins and Onscale v. Sundower, Offshore Services, Inc. The 1989 Price Waterhouse case determined that employment decisions based on sex stereotypes violated Title VII. The 1998 Onscale case held that Title VII prohibits sex-based harassment even when the perpetrator and the victim are of the same sex. In 1998, President Clinton signed Executive Order 13087, which amended Nixon's Executive Order 11478 to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation in competitive service of the federal civilian workforce. Moving into the 2000s, on April 20, 2012, the EEOC issued a landmark decision in Macy versus the Department of Justice. The case held that discrimination against transgender employees is also covered under Title VII. The EEOC took further steps to reduce discrimination in the workforce by adopting a strategic enforcement plan to ensure that legal protections were enforced. In 2014, President Obama signed Executive Order 13672, which extended employment discrimination protections in the federal civilian workforce to include discrimination on the basis of gender identity. Gay marriage was then legalized in 2015 with the Supreme Court's decision in Obergefell v. Hodges. 
And in 2016, the EEOC filed the first two sex discrimination lawsuits on the federal court level, further advancing the position that sexual orientation discrimination violates Title VII. On June 15, 2020, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a landmark 3-6 decision affirming that the prohibition on sex discrimination in Title VII extends to discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, in the case Bostock v. Clayton County. Bostock has since had a large impact, as many federal courts are applying its analysis to protect LGBTQ people in the workplace. President Biden continued this trend in a series of executive orders that aimed to advance equity and diversity throughout the nation. Currently, 22 states and Washington, D.C. prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. In nine states, enforcement authorities have applied Bostock's rationale into state law. Six states prohibit discrimination against public employees based on sexual orientation and gender identity. One state prohibits sexual orientation-based discrimination only, while the remaining 12 states don't have any of these laws at all. History and legal precedent aside, what struggles do the LGBTQ community continue to face in the workplace? The Williams Institute School of Law at UCLA found that 46% of LGBTQ people experienced unfair treatment at work at some point in their lives, and 31% reported that this mistreatment occurred in the last five years. In the past year alone, 9% of the working LGBTQ population faced discrimination. However, 50% of the population isn't out to their superiors, and over two-thirds of LGBTQ employees reported that they've heard negative comments, slurs, or jokes about LGBTQ people at work. But this behavior often goes unreported. The HRC Foundation found that the top reason this harassment isn't reported is because many in the LGBTQ community don't think anything would be done about it, and they don't want to hurt their relationship with coworkers. Clearly, company culture has a direct impact on diversity, equity, and inclusion. HR leaders should always strive to create a physically and psychologically safe workplace. So what are some best practices? In its 2020 report on the LGBTQ community in the workplace, McKinsey advises employers to create structural support for trans employees, stamp out inappropriate behavior, make sure that LGBTQ employees don't feel isolated and experience onlyness, improve sponsorship and mentorship to support career progression, and promote inclusivity in remote working environments. SHRM further recommends that leaders update policies to be inclusive, use people's personal pronouns, identify internal allies, mentors, and ambassadors, communicate expectations and guidelines with employees, provide training, support employee resource groups, and recruit purposefully. By incorporating these best practices and considering the long fight for LGBTQ plus rights, employers can create a more equitable, inclusive, and diverse workplace this Pride Month and beyond. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.